Question 101 of Summa Theologica Prima Secunde Treatise on Law This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Prima Secunde Treatise on Law by St. Thomas Aquinas Translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province Question 101 Of the Ceremonial Precepts in Themselves In Four Articles We must now consider the ceremonial precepts, and first we must consider them in themselves, secondly their cause, thirdly their duration. Under the first head there are four points of inquiry. First, the nature of the ceremonial precepts. Second, whether they are figurative. Third, whether there should have been many of them. Fourth, of their various kinds. First article. Whether the nature of the ceremonial precepts consists in their pertaining to the worship of God. Objection 1. It would seem that the nature of the ceremonial precepts does not consist in their pertaining to the worship of God, because in the old law the Jews were given certain precepts about abstinence from food, Leviticus 11, and about refraining from certain kinds of clothes, for example, Leviticus 19.19, Thou shalt not wear a garment that is woven of two sorts, and again, in Numbers 15.38, to make themselves fringes in the corners of their garments. But these are not moral precepts, since they do not remain in the new law. Nor are they judicial precepts, since they do not pertain to the pronouncing of judgment between man and man. Therefore, they are ceremonial precepts yet they seem in no way to pertain to the worship of God. Therefore, the nature of the ceremonial precepts does not consist in their pertaining to divine worship. Objection to further. Some state that the ceremonial precepts are those which pertain to solemnities, as though they were so called from the cherei, candles, which are lit up on those occasions but many other things besides solemnities pertain to the worship of god therefore it does not seem that the ceremonial precepts are so called from the pertaining to the divine worship objection three further some say that the ceremonial precepts are patterns that is rules of salvation because the greek chire is the same as the latin salve but all the precepts of the law are rules of salvation, and not only those that pertain to the worship of God. Therefore, not only those precepts which pertain to divine worship are called ceremonial. Objection 4. Further, Rabbi Moses says in his Guide for the Perplexed 3, that the ceremonial precepts are those for which there is no evident reason. But there is evident reason for many things pertaining to the worship of God, 
such as the observance of the sabbath the feasts of the passover and of the tabernacles and so many other things the reason for which is set down in the law therefore the ceremonial precepts are not those which pertain to the worship of god on the contrary it is written in exodus eighteen verses nineteen and twenty be thou to the people and those things that pertain to god and shew the people the ceremonies and the manner of worshipping i answer that as stated above in question ninety nine article four the ceremonial precepts are determinations of the moral precepts whereby man is directed to god just as the judicial precepts are determinations of the moral precepts whereby he is directed to his neighbor now man is directed to god by the worship due to him wherefore those precepts are properly called ceremonial which pertain to the divine worship the reason for their being so called was given above in question ninety nine article three when we established the distinction between the ceremonial and the other precepts reply to objection one the divine worship includes not only sacrifices and the like which seem to be directed to god immediately but also those things whereby his worshippers are duly prepared to worship him thus too in other matters whatever is preparatory to the end comes under the science whose object is the end accordingly those precepts of the law which regard the clothing and food of god's worshippers and other such matters pertain to a certain preparation of the ministers with the view of fitting them for the divine worship just as those who administer to a king make use of certain special observances consequently such are contained under the ceremonial precepts reply to objection to the alleged explanation of the name does not seem very probable especially as the law does not contain many instances of the lighting of candles in solemnities since even the lamps of the candlestick were furnished with oil of olives as stated in leviticus twenty four two nevertheless we may say that all things pertaining to the divine worship were more carefully observed on solemn festivals so that all ceremonial precepts may be included under the observance of solemnities reply to objection three neither does this explanation of the name appear to be very much to the point since the word ceremony is not greek but latin we may say however that since man's salvation is from god those precepts above all seem to be rules of salvation which direct man to god and accordingly those which refer to divine worship are called ceremonial precepts reply to objection four this explanation of the ceremonial precepts has a certain amount of probability not that they are called ceremonial precisely because there is no evident reason for them this is a kind of consequence for since the precepts referring to the divine worship must needs be figurative 
as we shall state further on in Article 2. The consequence is that the reason for them is not so very evident. Second article, whether the ceremonial precepts are figurative. Objection 1. It would seem that the ceremonial precepts are not figurative. For it is the duty of every teacher to express himself in such a way as to be easily understood, as Augustine states in On Christian Doctrine 4, 4, 10. And this seems very necessary in the framing of a law, because precepts of law are proposed to the populace, for which reason a law should be manifest, as Isidore declares in his Etymologies 5.21. If, therefore, the precepts of the law were given as figures of something, it seems unbecoming that Moses should have delivered these precepts without explaining what they signified. Objection to, further, whatever is done for the worship of God should be entirely free from unfittingness. But the performance of actions and representation of others seems to savor of the theater or of drama. Because formerly the actions performed in theaters were done to represent the actions of others. Therefore, it seems that such things should not be done for the worship of God. But the ceremonial precepts are ordained to the divine worship, as stated above in Article 1. Therefore, they should not be figurative. Objection 3. Further, Augustine says in his Enchiridion 3.4 that God is worshipped chiefly by faith, hope, and charity. But the precepts of faith, hope, and charity are not figurative. Therefore, the ceremonial precepts should not be figurative. Objection 4. Further, our Lord said in John 4.24, God is a spirit, and they that adore him must adore him in spirit and in truth. But a figure is not the very truth. In fact, one is condivided with the other. Therefore, the ceremonial precepts which refer to the divine worship should not be figurative. On the contrary, the Apostle says in Colossians 16.17. On the contrary, the Apostle says in Colossians 2, verses 16 and 17. Let no man judge you in meat or in drink, or in respect of a festival day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbaths, which are a shadow of the things to come. I answer that, as stated above in Article 1, as well as in Question 99, Articles 3 and 4. The ceremonial precepts are those which refer to the worship of God. Now the divine worship is twofold, internal and external. For since man is composed of soul and body, each of these should be applied to the worship of God. The soul by an interior worship, the body by an outward worship. Hence it is written in Psalm 83.3, My heart and my flesh have rejoiced in the living God. And as the body is ordained to God through the soul, so the outward worship is ordained to the internal worship. 
Now the interior worship consists in the soul being united to God by the intellect and affections, wherefore, according to the various ways in which the intellect and affections of the man who worships God are rightly united to God, his external actions are applied in various ways to the divine worship. For in the state of future bliss, the human intellect will gaze on the divine truth in itself. Wherefore the external worship will not consist in anything figurative, but solely in the praise of God, proceeding from the inward knowledge and affection, according to Isaiah 51.3. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of praise. But in the present state of life, we are unable to gaze on the divine truth in itself, and we need the ray of divine light to shine upon us under the form of certain sensible figures, as Dionysius states, in On the Celestial Hierarchy One. In various ways, however, according to the various states of human knowledge. For under the old law, neither was the divine truth manifest in itself, nor was the way leading to that manifestation as yet opened out, as the Apostle declares in Hebrews 9.8. Hence the external worship of the old law needed to be figurative not only of the future truth to be manifested in our heavenly country, but also of Christ, who is the way leading to that heavenly manifestation. But under the new law, this way is already revealed, and therefore it needs no longer to be foreshadowed as something future, but to be brought to our minds as something past or present. And the truth of the glory to come, which is not yet revealed, alone needs to be foreshadowed. This is what the Apostle says in Hebrews 11.1. 1. The law has a shadow of the good things to come, not the very image of the things for a shadow is less than an image, so that the image belongs to the new law, but the shadow to the old. Reply to Objection 1. The things of God are not to be revealed to man except in proportion to his capacity, else he would be in danger of downfall, were he to despise what he cannot grasp. Hence it was more beneficial that the divine mysteries should be revealed to uncultured people under a veil of figures, that thus they might know them at least implicitly by using those figures to the honor of God. Reply to Objection 2. Just as human reason fails to grasp poetical expressions on account of their being lacking in truth, so does it fail to grasp divine things perfectly on account of the sublimity of the truth they contain. And therefore, in both cases, there is need of signs by means of sensible figures. Reply to Objection 3. Augustine is speaking there of internal worship, to which, however, external worship should be ordained, as stated above. The same answer applies to the fourth objection, because men were taught by him to practice more perfectly the spiritual worship of God. Third article. Whether there should have been many ceremonial precepts. Objection 1. 
it would seem that there should not have been many ceremonial precepts for those things which conduce to an end should be proportionate to that end but the ceremonial precepts as stated above in articles one and two are ordained to the worship of god and to the foreshadowing of christ now there is but one god of whom are all things and one lord jesus christ by whom are all things according to first corinthians eight six therefore there should not have been many ceremonial precepts objection to further the great number of the ceremonial precepts was an occasion of transgression according to the words of peter in acts fifteen ten why tempt you god to put a yoke upon the necks of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear now the transgression of the divine precepts is an obstacle to man's salvation since therefore every law should conduce to man's salvation as isidore says in his etymologies five three it seems that the ceremonial precepts should not have been given in great number objection three further the ceremonial precepts referred to the outward and bodily worship of god as stated above in article two but the law should have lessened this bodily worship since it directed men to christ who taught them to worship in spirit and in truth as stated in john four twenty three therefore there should not have been many ceremonial precepts on the contrary is hosea eight twelve i shall write to them my manifold laws and job eleven six that he might show thee the secrets of his wisdom and that his law is manifold i answer that as stated above in question ninety six article one every law is given to a people now a people contains two kinds of men some prone to evil who have to be coerced by the precepts of the law as stated above in question ninety five article one some inclined to good either from nature or from custom or rather from grace and the like have to be taught and improved by means of the precepts of the law accordingly with regard to both kinds of men it was expedient that the old law should contain many ceremonial precepts for in that people there were many prone to idolatry wherefore it was necessary to recall them by means of ceremonial precepts from the worship of idols to the worship of god and since men served idols in many ways it was necessary on the other hand to devise many means of repressing every single one and again to lay many obligations on such like men in order that being burdened as it were by their duties to the divine worship they might have no time for the service of idols as to those who were inclined to good it was again necessary that there should be many ceremonial precepts both because thus their mind turned to god in many ways and more continually and because the mystery of christ which was foreshadowed by these ceremonial precepts 
brought many boons to the world and afforded men many considerations which needed to be signified by various ceremonies reply to objection one when that which conduces to an end is sufficient to conduce thereto then one such thing suffices for one end thus one remedy if it be efficacious suffices sometimes to restore men to health and then the remedy needs not to be repeated but when that which conduces to an end is weak and imperfect it needs to be multiplied thus many remedies are given to a sick man when one is not enough to heal him now the ceremonies of the old law were weak and imperfect both for representing the mystery of christ on account of its surpassing excellence and for subjugating men's minds to god hence the apostle says in hebrews seven eighteen and nineteen there is a setting aside of the former commandment because of the weakness and unprofitableness thereof for the law brought nothing to perfection consequently these ceremonies needed to be in great number reply to objection to a wise lawgiver should suffer lesser transgressions that the greater may be avoided and therefore in order to avoid the sin of idolatry and the pride which would arise in the hearts of the jews were they to fulfill all the precepts of the law the fact that they would in consequence find many occasions of disobedience did not prevent god from giving them many ceremonial precepts reply to objection three the old law lessened bodily worship in many ways thus it forbade sacrifices to be offered in every place and by any person many such like things did it enact for the lessening of bodily worship as rabbi moses the egyptian testifies in his guide for the perplexed number three nevertheless it behooved not to attenuate the bodily worship of god so much as to allow men to fall away into the worship of idols fourth article whether the ceremonies of the old law are suitably divided into sacrifices sacred things sacraments and observances objection one it would seem that the ceremonies of the old law are unsuitably divided into sacrifices sacred things sacraments and observances for the ceremonies of the old law foreshadowed christ but this was done only by the sacrifices which foreshadowed the sacrifice in which christ delivered himself an oblation and a sacrifice to god ephesians five two therefore none but the sacrifices were ceremonies objection to further the old law was ordained to the new but in the new law the sacrifice is the sacrament of the altar therefore in the old law there should be no distinction between sacrifices and sacraments objection three further a sacred thing is something dedicated to god 
in which sense the tabernacle and its vessels were said to be consecrated but all the ceremonial precepts were ordained to the worship of god as stated above in article one therefore all ceremonies were sacred things therefore sacred things should not be taken as a part of the ceremonies objection for further observances are so called from having to be observed but all the precepts of the law had to be observed for it is written in deuteronomy eight eleven, observe and beware lest at any time thou forget the lord thy god and neglect his commandments and judgments and ceremonies therefore the observances should not be considered as a part of the ceremonies objection five further the solemn festivals are reckoned as part of the ceremonial since they were a shadow of things to come according to colossians two sixteen and seventeen and the same may be said of the oblations and gifts as appears from the words of the apostle in hebrews nine nine and yet these do not seem to be inclined in any of those mentioned above therefore the above division of ceremonies is unsuitable on the contrary in the old law each of the above is called a ceremony for the sacrifices are called ceremonies in numbers 1524 they shall offer a calf and the sacrifices and libations thereof as the ceremonies require of the sacrament of order it is written in leviticus 735 this is the anointing of aaron and his sons in the ceremonies of sacred things also it is written in exodus 38:21 these are the instruments of the tabernacle of the testimony in the ceremonies of the levites and again of the observances it is written in third kings 9:6 if you shall turn away from following me and will not observe my ceremonies which i have set before you i answer that as stated above in articles one and two the ceremonial precepts are ordained to the divine worship now in this worship we may consider the worship itself the worshippers and the instruments of worship the worship consists specially in sacrifices which are offered up in honor of god the instruments of worship refer to the sacred things such as the tabernacle the vessels and so forth with regard to the worshippers two points may be considered the first point is their preparation for divine worship which is effected by a sort of consecration either of the people or of the ministers and to this the sacraments refer the second point is their particular mode of life whereby they are distinguished from those who do not worship god and to this pertain the observances for instance in matters of food clothing and so forth reply to objection one it was necessary for the sacrifices to be offered both in some certain place and by some certain men and all this pertained to the worship of god wherefore just as their sacrifices signified christ the victim 
so too their sacraments and sacred things foreshadowed the sacraments and sacred things of the new law while their observances foreshadowed the mode of life of the people under the new law all of which things pertain to christ reply to objection to the sacrifice of the new law notably the eucharist contains christ himself the author of our sanctification for he sanctified the people by his own blood according to hebrews thirteen twelve hence this sacrifice is also a sacrament but the sacrifices of the old law did not contain christ but foreshadowed him hence they are not called sacraments in order to signify this there were certain sacraments apart from the sacrifices of the old law which sacraments were figures of the sanctification to come nevertheless to certain consecrations certain sacrifices were united reply to objection three the sacrifices and sacraments were of course sacred things but certain things were sacred through being dedicated to the divine worship and yet were not sacrifices or sacraments wherefore they retained the common designation of sacred things reply to objection four those things which pertained to the mode of life of the people who worshipped god retained the common designation of observances in so far as they fell short of the above for they were not called sacred things because they had no immediate connection with the worship of god such as the tabernacle and its vessels had but by a sort of consequence they were matters of ceremony in so far as they affected the fitness of the people who worshipped god reply to objection five just as the sacrifices were offered in a fixed place so were they offered at fixed times for which reason the solemn festivals seem to be reckoned among the sacred things the oblations and gifts are counted together with the sacrifices hence the apostle says in hebrews five one every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things that appertain to god that he may offer up gifts and sacrifices End of question 101. Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.